June 23, 2023. We're in Masechet Besa and Daf Lamed Amud Aleph, seven lines from the top of the Amud, the last word on the line. Says the Gemara, Amar le Rav Hanan bar le Rav Asheh. He asked the following question of Rav Asheh. Amur Rabbanan kamade avshar le shanuye mishaninan biyomatava. We had and have been discussing how the Hachamim made clear that as much as you could be mishaneh, as much as you could change and create a unique and different atmosphere with regards to what you're doing on Yom Tov, to designate and make clear to others that you're doing Yom Tov activity as opposed to weekday activity, well, that's what you're supposed to be doing. In turn, he has a question about what's taking place and not per se about what the rabbis would tell you to do. But basically, he's turning to Rav Asher and saying, have you looked at what the women and men, and by extension, have been doing? Have you not noticed that these women, meaning the women who live in our midst, in our community, they fill their receptacles, their jugs, with uh, water on Yom Tov, and they haven't changed their way of doing so. And we, meaning the rabbis, the leaders, the halakha people, haven't said anything to them at all. We've allowed for this to continue. Shouldn't they be doing something different? Isn't that the appropriate uh, direction on Yom Tov? Amar Le responds, Rav instead of suggesting, yeah, let's go change this, he says, I have an interpretation, I have an explanation. It's, so to speak, I thought about this already. Amar Le Mishum Dela Efshar. This is because there's no way for this to be changed. And keep in mind, when it's lo ifshar, we saw earlier in the Amud from the Beraita, and then in the Gemara again afterwards, it's mutar, you shot it, you just allow for it to go. What do you mean they can't do it differently? I mean, they're carrying water. We'll tell them to do it in a different way. Says Rav let me explain to you. Hecha le'aved, what could or should they be doing? Demalya b'chatzba rabah, temaleh b'chatzba zuta. Rabah means large, zuta means small, uh, those who are filling up large receptacles of water, should we now tell them to do smaller ones? Shouldn't be doing so. I know it'll look different, but it'll add extra unnecessary labor on Yom Tov. Kamafsha uh, They'll be mafsha, shavat nafash, we say all the time, means to breathe, nefesh, and when you breathe, you kind of spread things out. So nofesh in, in Hebrew also we refer to as, you know, free time, as vacation time. Nafsha bihilucha means there'll be an extra unnecessary walking. You have instead of one large receptacle making them take several small receptacles, they'll have to go back and forth a lot more times. Uh, unnecessary extra labor on Yom Tov, even though it's changing and there's something positive in that, you'll be losing out more by making them work more on Yom Tov. Maybe we'll go in the opposite direction. All right, the ones who are already filling with large receptacles allow for them to do so. But what about the ones who are, small, are filling with small receptacles? Uh, maybe we should have them instead take a large receptacle, a larger pitcher of water to fill it up, and they'll have less walking and it'll look different. And it's true, it won't be full, but at the very least it'll stick out, it'll be clear, it'll be a shinui. Uh, says Rav Asheh, that's also wrong. Kamafsheh b'masui. They'll be carrying a larger burden. And as a result, it'll be extra labor on Yom Tov. It'll be a tirhashe lo lasorech. Even though you're looking for a shinui, it's only a shinui, as Rashi carefully explained to us throughout, which needs to be either commensurate, identical to the other activity, 
or easier. If it's harder, shouldn't be doing it that way. These next words in the Gemara, as we discussed yesterday, are debated whether they should be here. That should be here, but there's a debate about whether those words are here in the Gemara. They're quoting from Maharam. The question about those words are, the question is this Nachtema. Nachtema is a wooden covering that you would place over the receptacle, maybe you should put that on. The first response in the Gemara of Ravashe is it might fall off. As A.B. said yesterday, and the fear is that you'll pick it up and you'll be carrying, or you'll be moving from one domain to the other. What's the problem? It's Yom Tob. Rashi and Daf Yodbe told us there's no Isum Mide Oraita, it's only rabbinic in nature, if you're doing a Hotza Ashe Kelal. It's difficult then to read those words into our Gemara. If it's the rabbis who, in the first place, are making this decree that you should be doing it differently, they fear an Isur Midrabbanan, it's a Gezira, within a Gezira, it's for that reason there's a debate about these words. Regardless, the next words are the instructive words, the final words. Tiktere, maybe what they should do is tie onto these receptacles that wooden covering. What would that wooden covering do? It would be a shinui, nothing more, nothing less. It would be something different. You see that woman going to carry the water? She's doing it differently than she does during the week. This is a yom tob water carrying. As says the Gemara, that would be a problem because zimnin de mafsik ve'atele Sometimes the knot would come out, ve'ate, and they, the women, would come le'miktere, without, without remembering that it's yom tob, they would come to tie a knot in it. Now that would be a problem. Tying a knot is melechet keshira. It's prohibited on Yom Tov. It's not when you're concerned now about the extra work that you do here. You're not concerned about that in the case of the Mishnah, when you're saying that you know you have to carry it on your back instead of Rashi. Rashi's claim was and consistent with the Gemara, obviously, that all of those changes were either easier or commensurate. Uh, point taken, I think someone raised that question yesterday, is it really so? Uh, apparently once upon a time. Uh, in other words, I, I don't know, uh, you're saying the fork seems easier than holding it with your hand? So it is. What is a necessity where Nobody's prohibiting water. Nobody's prohibiting the question is, why not have them do it differently? But if, in other words, if let, let me lehavdil because it's not the same thing. But if I'm bekum mamash in my mind saying I'm preparing this bread for hol, that's prohibited. Maybe even min hatorah gemara pesachim daf mem vav. So in other words, but it's a necessity. But the point is, you're going to, you need it as a necessity. Okay, even when it's a necessity, there's a proper way to do it on Yom Tov. Now if, and you're right about this, if it was going to lead us to have less water, uh, we wouldn't, and that's to a certain extent what's taking place over here. We want you to be doing it in the same fashion, just change it up. We want you to be bringing water. The Mishnah only mentions two cases where you have to deviate from the normal way. Right. It applies to everything? That the Gemara's assumption is, there is a question, right, so there is a question in general, I think it might be what you're, what you're um, touching on, how often and when do we apply uh, weekday activity? 
How often do we apply something where the rabbis say, Shemei Yitakin? We'll talk about that later in this Gemara today. The answer, generally speaking, the Chachmei Harishonim, that's a medieval commentator, say, if it's in the Gemara, we'll apply it, otherwise we won't. Right? In other words, in terms of this, in terms of having a Shinui, it appears as if the assumption is, it's an easy fix, and you should always be doing a Shinui. That we're going to be Oser, all right, that might be where we draw the line. Not fully worked out. I don't know that this is fully articulated, but that would be the angle on this. You have a specific Yom Tov bucket, 100%. And, and what, you, you marked it, Yom Tov, or something like that. But yes? To further, to further my question a little bit more, the is concerned that people might think you're doing commerce. And they're thinking you're doing regular weekday stuff, you're going to sell it or something. What are nobody's ever going to sell? It's not a, it's not a commerce item that you're doing well. <laughs> But it's still an activity. But, still, but it's still an activity that you would do on a weekday in a certain way. But so we're trying to keep you away from doing that activity on a weekday a certain way. But it's not because that's a weekday a certain way. Jesse, I think you're you're getting you're getting into and it's it's the it's the difficulty we had yesterday. Mine and mine dog us a little bit over here. You're getting into a marit ayin type of vision that the person is actually violating. It's less that, it's more he's doing weekday activities as opposed to a necessity for the Yom Tov. Yeah. Uh, says the Gemara, lastly, well, Alright, you can't tie that item onto it, the wooden covering, and you told me you shouldn't change the receptacle. Oh, I got all that. Why don't you just put uh, some sort of handkerchief over it? After all, we did see that earlier in the Gemara, at the top of the Amud, when we were talking about how uh, Rava, to the individuals in Mahoza who were carrying barrels, told them, um, if necessary, place a handkerchief over it. Why not have the women do that? Answers the Gemara, Zimnin, it might sometimes happen. It'll fall into the water, dip into the water. And they'll come to squeezing it. Therefore, there is no other way for us to add a shinui to their activity. We allow for them, and we're okay with it, to fill the water in the regular, so to speak, weekday fashion. Tosafot has a very basic question over here. As I just mentioned, at the top of the Amud, when we were talking about the barrel movement, we said, cover it with a handkerchief. How come the Gemara over there didn't say, oh, you shouldn't, Rava, don't tell them to cover it with a handkerchief. Dilma, maybe, Ate, it'll come to, Dimitmish bimaya, it'll come into, fall into the water and you'll squeeze it. How come Rava didn't have that issue? But in turn, over here, Rav Asheh is explaining to us there is such an issue. Is that a mahlokit and, I don't know, reality, misiyut between Rava and Rav Asheh, whether people will squeeze, whether handkerchiefs will fall in? Tosafot on the left-hand side, zimnin dimitmish behu maya ve'ateli desechita v'im tomar amar didn't, at the top of the amud, Rava in Mahosa, three lines from the top, tell the people uh, there was no hashash, there was no suspicion, fear in that circumstance, which seems to be identical that you'd come to squeezing. Tosafot has two answers. The first one is a uh, circumstantial answer. It's a suggestion. Says Tosafot, the difference is with regards to what they were carrying. 
Earlier in the Gemara, they were carrying barrels. Here in the case, in the case that we're reading about, they were carrying jugs or receptacles of some sort. Uh, barrels are fully closed all around and apparently had, or in Mahoza, had a small, that's not his distinction, it's an interesting point as well. Regardless, they make this distinction. It has pivsar milimala, it has a small opening at the top. There's less of a fear that the handkerchief will dip in. Uh, it's closed all around. We don't have that fear. Over here, based on whatever the receptacles look like, uh, smaller, wider opening at the top, there's more of a fear that the item will fall in, the handkerchief, and in turn you'll come to sehita. Tosafot gives a different answer. This answer opens up more fundamentals with regards to sehita. Suggest we're dealing with not per se, although it was true, different receptacles in terms of what they're carrying the beverage in, but different beverages. When we talk about barrels, we're not talking about carrying water. We talk about barrels, we're talking about carrying wine. Maybe talking about uh, oil. Tosafot says we're talking about wine. That was the case earlier on the Amud, in Rava, in Mahoza. This case, Rava Asheh, well, it's explicit. The women are going with Hatzbayu, with their clay earthenware jugs to collect water. Why should I distinguish between water and wine? The sehitan, both squeezing, wringing it out is a relevant reality in both of those circumstances, says Tosafot, because there's two reasons why this, uh, this action called sehita, squeezing, can be prohibited. Number one, if it's water, if it's a cleansing uh, um, uh, uh, liquid, like water, it's a melacha known as libun. By wringing the water out of whatever it's stuck in, you're finishing or aiding in the cleansing process. You stick the handkerchief in, you squeeze out the water, that's melechet libun. You're causing and helping for the cleaning of that item. That's a melacha specifically and only with regards to Water, that's our case over here. So Ravashe, in this circumstance where he's dealing with the women who are filling their jugs with water, uh, there's a problem if the handkerchief falls in. Why? Because the handkerchief falls in, you take the handkerchief and you wring out the water. What happens in such a circumstance? The item in turn, the handkerchief becomes cleansed. If it becomes cleansed, it's a melachav sehitami shum libun. All right, fair enough. But what about earlier in the Gemara? What about the first case, Rava and Mahozab? Oh, you have to understand that case. Over there, they were dealing with wine. By squeezing out the wine, you're not cleansing the item. You're leaving the item just as dirty, if not more dirty than it was before him. There's still a melacha. The melacha is known as disha. Disha is crushing. Mefarek and dash are crushing uh, mechanisms and actions on Shabbat. If you crush something on Shabbat, the only time it's considered a melacha is if you're keeping that which you crushed to come out, that's your interest. It's not the crushing action, it's the crushing so that you get the crushed item afterwards. Over here, what are you doing? You're wringing out that wine 
and the wine is falling down to the ground. The wine is not being collected by you. As a result, suggests Tosafot, in the circumstance that we had earlier on the Amud, where it was wine, there's no melachav libun, you're not cleansing it, it's wine. There's not even disha. Disha would be when I crush something in order to keep the item afterwards, to use, to eat, to drink, it's not what's taking place. That's how Tosafot distinguishes. What emerges from Tosafot, which is very important in terms of Hilchot Shabbat and Yom Tov, is that sehita, which we refer to very often, is water in circumstances where it's holech li'ibud, and it's other items if you're preserving it, if you're saving it. All right, that's what we have with regards, and again, because we're dealing with two potential melachot, that of libun and that of disha. What's that? Both asur. It appears minhat. Yes, certainly minhat Torah. It depends what substance. So we do, what do we say on se'ari isha, for example? Mahloket on that matter. Yes, Teddy? A hundred percent. No, again, since you might come to an isur min hatorah of sechita, therefore will uh, will uh, waive the issue of uvdin dehol. Do you follow? Which is midrabanan. That's why, and that's how we're able to throughout the amud say hechad de la efshah la efshah. We don't say that on a deoraita per se. It says the gemara onward. Uh, first words on the line, uh, So we continue in this sort of discussion, conversation about, well, we've seen the people doing one way, how come we haven't objected? Uh, you defended yourself beautifully, but I have a challenge to you, Abaye. The Mishnah, later on in our Masechet, on Daf Lamidvav, will say the following, Tenan, En metapechin ve'en mesapekin ve'en merakedin. Those are the words in the Mishnah. You cannot do on Yom Tov or Shabbat any of the following three actions. Em metapechin, Rashi. Mishum shiro, mishum evil. Metapechin, yadav zo lezo. Metapechin means to clap your hands. Mesapechin, what does that mean? Kaf al yerech, to take your palm and to slap it onto your, um, onto your leg. Merakedin, we know what it means to be roked. Baregel. Well, these are means to, to dance. So you're not allowed to clap, you're not allowed to slap uh, with a rhythm, and you're not allowed to dance. Those are the three isurim. Why are they all asur, says Rashi? They're all rabbinic in terms of their prohibition. Because a person might come to fixing an instrument. How's Rashi? He's citing it from the Gemara and Daflamidvav. Uh, so that's what we have. We have a Mishnah which states that the following three actions, the clapping, the slapping, the dancing, are all prohibited on Shabbat and Yom Tov, a gezerah, a rabbinic uh, prohibition, restriction. What's the issue of fixing an instrument? Metaken mana. Potentially sumin ha-Torah. Rashi did parenthetically point out the reason why you would be doing this. Rashi said one of two reasons. We read it just a moment ago in En Metapechinis and Mishum Shir or Mishum Evel, either for happy, joyous song or because of mourning. The second one Tosafot has objection to uh, mourning. You wouldn't be able to be mourning even if you're not coming to fix an instrument. It's, it's Yom Tov. Even on Holomoed points out Tosafot, you wouldn't be able to be doing any of these things if it's for a mournful uh, expression. Rashi leaves, uh, Tosafot leaves it as a question on the left-hand side. En metapechin, 
פירש הקונטרס, רש"י אינטרפל משום שיר או משום עבר. The first explanation they have no objection to. ולנהירה, it's not clear that second reason. דתפוק לדה אסור משום שער. You should say the reason it's אסור, forget about the גזירה. No, 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 no. מה פתאום? Because that's שיר. No, no, no. ואפילו בכל המועד, all right, it's a creative interpretation, Jared. I just think it, it's not a regular way of writing. And so that's the question of Tosafot. We'll leave it as a question. Some of the Aharonim attempt to, to defend uh, Rashi, but for now, let's leave that as a question. Okay, so that's the Mishnah from Daflamidvav. Our Gemara just cited. Rava Barav Hanin cited this Tabaya, again, in the context of how come things look different? Idna, and now he continues in the conversation. The Hazinan that we see, the Avdan that they do like this. Women, maybe even men, are doing so. They're clapping, they're slapping, and they're dancing on Shabbat or Yom Tov. And we don't say anything to them at all. Why haven't we objected? Why aren't we telling them to stop? Uh, the same sort of issue that we had until now. Instead of a shinui per se with regards to Yom Tov, over here it's an objection with regards to the Zinisumit Rabbanan. It's a gezerat, an exp- explicit Mishnah. Amar leh, the response in turn of Abayet Rav Hanan, uletamich had amar, it says, according to your logic, those words over here, Rabbi Akiva Eger and others have difficulty with. Usually when the Gemara says, according to your logic, it's because you are making a claim. You have your shita, I have my shita. You're disagreeing with me, I say A and you say B. We don't do that today. Hang tight. Hang tight. Give me a second. Hang tight. Hang tight. One second. Um, good question. Generally speaking, means you have your opinion, I have my opinion. You're, I'm making my claim against you. I say, according to your opinion, uh, how do you explain this? Not exactly what's happening over here. This was a question. Regardless, he has a uletamich. Before we read that, Eli, I see Morris is uh, revealing my secrets to you. Take a look at the left-hand side at Tosafot. That's right. I know you have your footnotes also that help you. Tosafot, Dibura Mathil Tenan. The next Tosafot says, Tenan en metapechin ve en merakedin. Piresh Rashi, they cite from Rashi, it's really the Gemara, and Daflamidvav, Shemeyitaken Kelishir, because you might come to fix an instrument. Umihu continues to also says, however, Lididan, Lididan means for us, Shari, it's permitted. Who's us? Tosafot is writing 800 years ago in France, in northern France. They're talking about themselves. It's permitted to slap, clap, and dance. Did Davka, because specifically Biyemehen in the time of the Mishnah and in turn the Gemara, Shayu Biki'in La'asot Keleshir. They knew how to construct, how to make instruments. Shayach Lamigzar. You can have such a Gezira. Aval, however, Lididan for us, Enanu Biki'in La'asot Keleshir. Velo Shayach Lamigzar. We don't know how to do such a thing, and in turn, we don't make such a Gezira. You know how to make an instrument, Jess? I mean, there's people Right, so maybe for them. Uh, but Tosafot, Tosafot's suggestion is that since the Gezerah is different, since, since the reality is different, the Gezerah doesn't apply. Right. The truth, right, as a matter of fact, on Dafhe, in our Masechet, we had a like, like situation, and the Gemara said, even though, Batil Ta'ama, Kayam Gezerah. Maran, Rabbi Yosef Karon, Siman Shin Lamitet asked this question, uh, and he suggests, without giving, providing full 
interpretation to this, he cites a Tosafot in Masechet Avodah Zarandaf Lamedhe. You see, Tosafot in Avodah Zarandaf Lamedhe writes a similar thing to here. We saw it there on Tosafot and Dafhe as well. And that is, there is a Isur Midrabbanan that's mentioned in Masechet Avodah Zarandaf, and that's Mayim Migulin, exposed waters. You're not supposed to, if you expose your water either overnight or for an extended period of time and you're not there, drink from it afterwards. Why not? Because maybe a nahash, a serpent of some sort, came and drank from it, injected it with poison. Tosafot says we don't have such realities any longer, and in turn, this gezerah no longer applies. What, what's that? Potentially. Potentially. Uh, potentially. So Tosafot says in our time we don't know how to make instruments any longer. Really? So you have some things yes, some things no. So it's not fully clear when we say what. It's a longer, uh, expansive, uh, very, very broad conversation. But it needs to be clear already that Maran, who's Rabbi Yosef Karo, who's, who's sensitive to the matter, does notice and does realize there are situations when, if the reality has no relevancy any longer. In other words, and again, Jesse makes a claim, but some people do know how. Huh? We, have to, we have to weigh that one and scale it appropriately. In such circumstances, we'll say, Batelaha Gezerah. Not so simple as we mentioned on Dafhe. Sometimes you have a Gezira, which is what's called the Davash Baminyan, which effectively means they voted on the matter and they established it, ironclad. It can't be annulled, even if uh, later on the reasoning is gone. Unless you have a greater assembly of people in wisdom, which effectively means it'll never change. Uh, so sometimes you have a Davash Baminyan, that's never going to be changed. Tosafot nonetheless makes this bold statement over here. Shohan Aruch in Siman Shin Lametet in Sa'if Gimal is posek la halacha that even bizman hazeh you're not allowed to clap, slap, or dance. That's his Pesach halacha. Ramar bimoshe Moshe of the Ashkenazim. He says, but you should know some permit because we're not bekiim. We don't know how to change these things any longer. Who's Tosa? Who's Ramah quoting from? Of course, he's quoting from our Tosafot. Mishnah Berura, even of the Ashkenazim. The Hafez Haim, he says, Listen, we're not so permissive in this. Uh, we'll permit it. The truth is, Bet Yosef himself cited from Maharik, from Rabbi Yosef Kolon. Maharik was an important Italian 15th century rabbi who says, On Simhat Torah, we clap because we're doing it. In that circumstance, says Maharik, it's permitted, says Maran. You see, it's not always permitted, not like Tosafot. But when Makom Mitzvah, maybe there's room for leniency. As a result, Mishnah Berurah as well says, Bemakom Mitzvah, defined accordingly, Simchat Torah would be a part of it, there's room for permissibility. How do uh, the Gedolei uh, HaSefaradim, in terms, in, in terms of today's poskim, go on this matter? Generally speaking, Lechumrah, Chacham Ovadia Yosef wrote about it, to the best of my knowledge, in his Yahavedah, twice, uh, first in Chilek Bet, in Siman, I'll read to you just the final paragraph. He says, There is longer and important extra conversations on this matter, but we're simplifying. You cannot and should not permit clapping or, or, or dancing on Shabbat. He says, certainly according to Svaradim, who never accepted this Tosafot, 
His, and this, in fact, is the widespread custom. He says, if there is a person who's doing so, you should nicely tell them not to do so. Chacham Vadya's argument is easy, even for the Ashkenazim, as I mentioned earlier, Mishnah ben for example, there was a debate even then, Aruch HaShulchan and others are maybe strict on this matter, but certainly for Sfaradim, that's how he goes the Halakha in the footnote at the end of that Teshuvah. He does deal with dancing. He says, what about dancing? He says, effectively, and he writes it a little bit at greater length when he's writing a, in, in, in a Teshuvah, which is published after his death in Chelek Zayin of Yehavedat. In Chelek Zayin, he's writing to a, a, a girl who's in a seminary who's talking about the dancing that they have on Shabbat. And what he writes to her, and he wrote it in a footnote earlier, he says, dancing, what's dancing? He says, dancing means I'm picking my legs up and I'm moving around. He says, when you're going... No, this is it's Mishnah and Masech. No, 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 it's Mishnah and Masech It's on Yom Tov. It's called Shekin the Shabbat, says the, says the Mishnah. One sec, one sec. But he says that the dancing, he says dancing is, is permitted provided it's a circle dancing. Circle dancing, I know Syrians don't really know how to do circle dancing, so it's not relevant. But if you've ever seen circle dancing, it's a shuffle. You shuffle your feet a little bit. That's, that's permitted. We don't really know. I don't, well, you know when we know how to do that, when we have a Sefer Torah, that's when we know how to calm things down. We don't know how to pick our feet up. That, that, that he says, is permitted um, because he says that's not. The truth is you have, you have something along those lines because in, in, uh, elsewhere in Masechet Ta'anit, and also it says on Yom Kippur, uh, they used to go out and dance. There would be holot. Uh, the women would go out and dance. How were they dancing on Yom Tov? Many of the poskim asked that. If you argue that they were just making circles of some sort and they weren't actually raising their feet, if there's room for permissibility. My father and my brother studied in Yeshiva, Yeshivat Haresion. On Shabbat, on Friday night, they would very often dance during the tefillah or at the end of the tefillah, but they called it the gush shuffle. The shuffle means their feet would just be going like this. They were very makbi. They weren't raising their feet and they weren't doing things of that certain sort. The gezerah is specific and relevant when you're dealing with true dancing. You might argue and you might have the following claim, and it's a mistake, that Tosafot is permitting even playing instruments. Uh, Tosafot, after all, said, Gezera Shemot, that's what you're going to ask, right? Shemei Yavolet and I said, but we don't know how to do that, so maybe we could uh, whip out our instruments and be playing. Right. The diuk in Tosafot is, it's not so, because Tosafot is talking about, La'asot, it's Tosafot, it's not talking about tikkun, they're talking about creating. Creating means I don't have an instrument in the room. Says Tosafot, you don't have an instrument in the room. The gezerah nonetheless was once applicable because you would string together some things and make a guitar or a violin or some sort. Oh, we don't go that far. But in terms of you play the guitar, you know how to fix the guitar, you know how to tune a, a, a piano, that would be prohibited, even according to Tosafot. That's the way the, uh, that's the way the, even the Rishonim, that Bet Yosef, if I'm not mistaken, quotes from Agur on this matter to cite it in such a fashion. Playing music would be an isur. Generally speaking, we would say only midrab banan. Uh, it's only a gezerah shemei taken. There might be, yeah. There's no shivut in the mikdash. In the mikdash, you don't have gezerot midrab banan. Yeah. All right, that's what we have then in the gemara. But back to the gemara. So, okay, so again, we didn't even get up to the objection. We're in the middle of the question. We cited a mishnah from Daf Lamid Vav, and we understand you're not supposed to be clapping, you're not supposed to be slapping, and that's why. Oh, the Mars asked, "What's what's with the backward?" The backward is exactly this point. The backward is you're doing go with the shinui. 
What's that? According to Tosafot, according to Ramah, telling you not all the Ashkenazim are, are pehad on this matter. Some will be. The defined strong Ashkenazim who say we follow Ramah and everything, they'll be... Yes. Because again, you, you're not doing it in the regular fashion. It's in turn, it's in turn a... a yeah. Yeah, different... Well, not it's a good shinui, but it, the, the argument is it's not even a shinui. It's not even a recruit, which which might be the same point. Mitapehin is is done different. Okay, says the Gemara over here. Says the Gemara again. So so his question is vehaidna, but now de kahazina and de avdein hache. The Mishnah says Ravaba Rav Hanin to Abaye says that you're not supposed to clap, slap, or or dance. But wait a second, ha'idna now the kahazinan de avdein hache. We see people doing so. We haven't said anything to them. Why haven't we objected? Isn't it Asur? He says, uh, and according to your logic, again, strange according to your logic, so he says to him, but wait a second, don't you know about the statement of Rabbah? Rabbah's statement is as follows, La Letiv. In Aramaic, we switch the taf with the shin very often, like in Telat, means Shalosh. Letiv, like Yetiv, when we read from the Sefer. Yashev, Yoshev, it means to sit. So the statement of Rabbah is you should not be sitting. Who should not be sitting? Inish, a person. Apuma. Puma literally means the mouth, but it's a proverbial mouth, uh, Teddy. A proverbial mouth, much as in this week's Varasha, the ground doesn't have a mouth per se when uh, Korah has swallowed. So when, an opening we refer to as a mouth. So the Puma over here is the opening, Delehya. A lehi. Uh, Jared, he got the reference. Lehi is the yeah. It was for him. Lehi is the following circumstance. You see, a mavui is what we talk about in Masechet Eruvin and elsewhere in Gemara. Mavui means an alleyway of sorts, and generally speaking, it was an alleyway which was, unless it's what's called the lehi mavui mefulash, it's closed off on one one side. So it's a, a dead end street. Yeah, get in there. That's a korah. But one second. So it's a closed off uh, alley, uh, side street, so to speak. Now, in circumstance of an isur from the Torah, the only prohibition is hotza'ah from Rashut Yahid, from a private domain into a Rashut Rabim, a public domain. However, when you're dealing with one of these sorts of side streets, it's a little confusing. It's true it's not open from one end to the next end. It's true it's not wide enough, which is a specific width as Rashut Rabim. But at the end of the day, it does appear to me and you and the regular guy as if it is Rashut Rabim. The rabbis had a certain fear. If we're permitting people to just carry around in that area, they might in turn be mistaken and carry from that area straight on to Broadway Avenue. Uh, I got all my references today. Uh, in other words, they'll carry from the side street onto the public street, uh, so they wanted to establish a way that it's permitted, even rabbinically. And the suggestion, or the halakha, was that, a, that the people construct what's called a lehi. A lehi is a, a pole of sorts, a post in the ground. That's the marker. Everybody sees that and understands. This is, this is the mavui. That's reshut harabim. Alternatively, or maybe in addition to, a korah is the beam across the top. Okay, that's what we refer to when we talk about a lehi. Now, what was the statement of rabbah? La letiv. 
inish apuma de lechia. A person should not be sitting at the opening of the lechi, in other words, next to where the lechi is, and understand it as such. Here is my reshut harabim. Here is my alleyway. Here's my side uh, side street. I shouldn't be sitting at the edge of it where the lechi is. Why not? Because there's a fear, dilma, milashom dilemma, maybe, megander lechefetz, maybe you'll drop a, an item, or you'll, you'll lose an item, and you'll come to take it in. I'm sitting at the opening to Rishut HaRabim. Something falls into Rishut HaRabim. I'll grab it and bring it in. That's a problem. That, in turn, would pose an issue in HaTorah. Why don't we have this sort of gezerah in other circumstances? I'm in a true Rishut HaYachid. You're not allowed to sit on your porch on Shabbat if you're on uh, Broadway Avenue. The reason is because a true Rishut HaYachid is clear distinction and marking. Rashi points this out. When I'm dealing with the Mavui, by definition, it doesn't seem that way. and more prone to make this mistake. What's the question? And we'll stop with the question. And isn't it so? These women, we know from earlier in Namud, the clay jugs, the receptacles for water, and they go, and they sit at the end of Shabbat on the opening into Rishut HaRabim. Why are they sitting there at the end of Shabbat? Because they're ready for post-Shabbat. They're going to go fill up their water. We don't say anything to them. Effectively, what the Gemara is stuck with over here is two circumstances. One which was posed as a question, the other which is the counter. You see, we have dancing and clapping and, and slapping on Shabbat and Yom Tov. Nobody changes that. We furthermore have circumstance where they're sitting on the entrance to Rishut HaRabim. Why is nobody doing anything about this? We'll Continue with this on Monday. Baruch Amen. Amen. Amen.